You got me mad now. You know, you got a back pickle. Feeling good. Well, the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. We ride the back pickle in this arena. With my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick Bacone. That's me. I don't know what the kid is that was riding it, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring. Tomorrow, I'll you can kick your face off. I'm down with that. Kick your face But I don't like it when things aren't going my way. Don't you dare be sour! He don't know nothing else. <laughs> you know that wrestling, right, you know that wrestling bro. <laughs> give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! What's up ladies and gentlemen out there in internet land and welcome to episode 283 of the Stray Shooters. Available wherever podcasts are found. My name is Vaughn Johnson, and I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pans, Nick Bacone, a Philly voice and Philly influencer. And we got yet another great show ahead of us for episode 283. We're going back to the deep dives, going back to the well, going back to what works for us, right? <laughs> another deep dive. Our first ECW deep dive. Which was requested a little while back from our fans, our lovely followers on Twitter. They asked us, you know, we asked them what would they like us to do more of or, you know, something they want to hear from us. And someone mentioned that, hey, you could do an ECW deep dive. And I was like, you know what? They're right because we haven't really done one yet. And we had an opportunity to do one this week. We're going to deep dive into Wrestlepalooza 1998, which happened I guess we just say we'll pass the anniversary of that, pass the 23rd anniversary of the show. It happened on, I believe, May 3rd, 1998. But we're here on May 12th as we record this, 2021, doing a deep dive on it. So we'll talk all the things about all the things that happened on the show uh, a lot. And there's uh, some some strange stuff and some very funny uh, editing or lack thereof <laughs> on this show. <laughs> Uh, on the on Peacock, it's where I watch this uh, here show. But before we get into all the things surrounding Wrestlepalooza nineteen ninety eight, I got to do my weekly check in with my main man Pots and Pants, Nick Bacone. Nick, how you doing tonight, my good brother? Vaughn, well, did you have anything to do with uh, the Eagles having to play the Chiefs and Buccaneers within a span of a week and a half this season? Yeah, that that Thursday night. <laughs> Bucks game. <laughs> I saw that. We, we got to play the Bucks in a short week. Oh man! Uh, even though it's home, still. Come yeah, on. that's rough. Bo- man. Both games are and home, we, but it's like, oh, come on. Then we followed up with Kansas City. I didn't even see the. Uh... It goes Kansas City on October third, and then at Carolina, and then back oh, home man. for Tampa. Yeah. You would think I would know the schedule since I was part of releasing <laughs> it just like literally an hour ago, and here on Wednesday night. Uh, but things just be happening, and just like, oh, the schedule, okay, when do, how do I post it, and when, <laughs> when, how do we do it, and all that, and I still sometimes forget things here and there, but uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've looked at it a little bit, I haven't really dove into it too much, plus it's, it's, it's May, you can't really yeah. like, yeah. you, you just no, go by a, like where are we going oof. at certain points of the year, and we don't have like a Green Bay on the schedule for December, which is like, yay, <laughs> you know, like, you know, that's, that's always my, good, that's my we got Denver month. week 10. October is my birthday month, and they started with Kansas City, and then eleven days later, it's Tampa Bay. The two Super Bowl yeah, that's events. Rough. It's like, oh come on, that's rough. That's three games <laughs> in eleven days. Three games in eleven days, and mm-hmm. two of the games are the last, are the 
recent Super Bowl opponents. But hey, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, ah, and a game added this we year. Don't... We have 17 games now. So Yeah, which is the Jets game weird. in week 13, it looks like. So that's not a uh, NFL podcast, obviously, but the schedule literally just dropped an hour ago. And I really, honestly, haven't really got a chance to, like, really dissect it, you know, look at it and who and where and we're playing and whatnot. But because, uh, again, been working, baby. <laughs> rookie <laughs> minicamps. The rookies yeah. reported for minicamp today. Oh, wow. uh, so I didn't even know that. Day, I'm supposed I... to know that too. I didn't even realize they reported today. So yeah, yeah, they yeah. report today, and I think the, the, the festivities start. I think it's Friday thir- tomorrow, Thursday through Saturday, I believe, or Sunday. I forget. But hmm. uh, yeah, they reported today, and a bunch of stuff surrounding that. And yeah, the same day the schedule comes out. That's always a big deal. Um, in across a lot of sports now, but especially the NFL, it's like a big, almost like a competition, like who can one up the next team. Uh, I haven't even looked at what other teams have done. Yeah. <laughs> I usually like to do that though, because some teams come up with cool stuff, and I think we come up with cool stuff every year, especially this year with the like the mural that we did. So mm-hmm. I'm proud of that. That was dope. Uh, so shout out to everybody involved yeah. with that. I was not involved in the creation of that because I am not that talented to come up with animation and, <laughs> and artwork like that. Uh. I can hit the send button though, <laughs> so. Yeah, that's a big deal, man. I'm telling you. That's a big deal. We, we, it comes with a lot of responsibility too. It does. It does. <laughs> it comes with a lot of responsibility. So, uh, but yeah, again, we're not going to talk too much about football, but uh, a lot of stuff happening. Uh, we got AEW, NXT going. AEW announcing that they're going to hit the road again soon. Uh, which yeah. That's gonna be man. It's gonna yeah. be wild when that happens, right? It I is. Mean, they're gonna. I think they've already listed uh, Dallas. I know they're going to. Uh, I think Miami. I think another, yeah, I was, I, I was gonna say another city in Florida. I've, I've that Miami was the one, and then I think there was another one. But yeah, there. Which uh, I think I believe are two states where I don't think they have capacity limits in those states. Yeah, well, hey, they can come back up to Philly because uh, Philly might be getting rid of the capacity limits as well uh, sooner than yeah. later. June eleventh, I think. Yeah. Uh, COVID restrictions, uh, capacity restrictions, at least, will be lifted at, at this moment. You know, it was announced so uh, earlier this week. So, uh, yeah. But by now, you know, hey, a month from now, things could change. But yep, you know, hopefully not. Hopefully we're on right, an hopefully upward they trend. Hopefully go, right, go in the right direction. Right. We're not That's what I mean by that. Regressing. <laughs> we're not regressing back into where right. things get bad. Because, I mean... You know, you got if not enough people are vaccinated, maybe it does happen. But I don't, you know, who knows? I mean, I think like forty percent of the population mm-hmm. has at least one shot. So yeah, <sighs> we'll see. But you things know. are things are still. I mean, we're still technically in the middle of a pandemic. But you, <laughs> if you ask, if you look around town here in Philly, you wouldn't be able to tell other than people wearing masks. That's yeah. about it. Yeah, you know, pretty much. Go to bars and restaurants again. They're increasing capacity on that. It's 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 going to be strange because we you know the Eagles just announced that we're going to have we're expecting to have full fans back in the stadium come the regular season or at least maybe the preseason. It's going to be strange to see a stadium full of fans, and it's going to be strange to see an arena full of fans when AEW hits the road. And the same thing for yeah. WWE when they eventually tour again, and and Ring of Honor and whoever else when these independents. I know these independents are itching to have fans back. In a lot of their shows, at least more fans than what they're allowed to have, but it's going to be odd to see. I'm the UFC had a show like a couple weeks ago, yeah. and it's packed to the house, packed to the uh, to the ceiling. Looked like it was fans everywhere, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like 
it's only been a year, but it feels like a lifetime almost that since we've seen that happening in in real time, you know. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's things uh, are happening. Yeah, it'll it'll take a while to get used to, just like it took a while to get used to not having you know packed everything. Yeah. So right you know, at some point we you got used to get that. used to it. Yeah. So yeah, we got. It took a while to get used to wearing masks. Uh. And now I feel weird walking down the street without one. Hey, listen, <laughs> you know? I like it because uh, the pollen hasn't hit me the way it normally does. And so I wear a mask there outside. You That's what, you know, people don't understand. They're like, oh, that person's wearing a mask. What an idiot. But no, maybe they're wearing it because it helps with the pollen and the air, especially this time of year. Like people, uh, critical thinking is not a main priority for a lot of uh, people in this country. And uh, it really... That's why I don't judge people. People are like, oh, they're wearing a mask alone in the car. It's like, well, you don't know if they're an Uber. Like, yeah, they're supposed to have a thing, but some don't, and you just don't know if they're just on their way to pick somebody up or what. Like, you just you just don't know. Just relax, people. Like, people like to get bent out of shape over the the things that don't affect them, and that's kind of annoying. So, yeah, Critical thinking spiel. is not – critical thinking is definitely not one of our country's strong suits. <laughs> like – Especially and, not and now. Thinking not about nowadays, things. No, not at all. No, no, no. It's either one side or the other. No, no analytical or critical thinking. But um, we're going to talk critically about yeah. Recipalooza 1998. Yeah. Which, by the way, Eagles open up at Atlanta and Georgia this season. And where Ooh. was this? In technically Marietta, but yeah, this, but, that's right next to Atlanta. It's a Georgia, suburb yeah. of Atlanta. <laughs> You know, didn't the Braves move to Marietta? Uh, who cares? With a no, stadium, I, mean, <laughs> I should say. Uh, I mean, maybe. I uh, what's it? Truist Park, right? Yeah. Oh, it's you know. It's in, I guess uh, it looks like it yeah, says. it's in Cobb County. So, but technically, I guess the town is Cumberland. Cumberland. Oh. So. Mm. Yeah, there's a Cumberland in New Jersey. How about that? How about that? But yeah, Marietta. <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, that's, this is where the show took place in Cobb County Civic Center. So you ready to dive in to this show? I'm ready to dive in to this ECW pay-per-view in WCW country. Can't wait. That's true. <laughs> that's true. So, ECW, Wrestlepalooza 1998 took place on May 3rd, 1998, as I just said. <laughs> At the Cobb County Civic Center in Marietta, Georgia, 3,400 people were in attendance, 3,407 to be exact. Uh, According to good old Wikipedia, there were 2,900 paid. So, you know, who knows if that's accurate or not, but that's what it says on good old Wikipedia. Um, I watched this show on Peacock, and I expected it to be heavily edited. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about later where I was wrong. <laughs> oh, really? See, I was in, uh, that was interesting. I I was debating which one to use, but I I knew since you were probably going to watch it on Peacock, and I didn't even text you about it, but I just had a feeling you were watching on Peacock. Okay. I watched it on the network, so I wonder if okay. We'll, so yeah. we we we're going to talk about it because <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is heavily edited on WWE Network, but it is not on Peacock. It's super interesting. Uh, so we got Joey Styles on the call 
solo dolo as he typically is on ECW shows. Uh, he introduced everyone in the ring to the show and said that Wrestlepalooza will be a show that no one will ever forget. And then we get ECW's signature opening, which we're, we're going extreme in the music. But you notice something that was slightly wrong with that opening there, Nick. <laughs> I did. When they, they usually uh, build up that intro and they have like the text on the screen and like the bubble letters and it's like, you know, having a seizure or something. It's like, ah. Uh, and the first word on the screen was tonight with like, you know, the exclamation point. And literally, it just really stood out to me. I was I was watching, and I noticed that they spelled tonight wrong. And no, it wasn't the T-O-N-I-T-E spelling. It was the T-O-N-G-H-T spelling. They oh, forgot man. the I, right smack dab in the center of the word. There was no I. So it just said taunt. 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 That sounds like a dirty word. It sounds like a word that should be bleeped out. I'll have to edit that then. I'll have to Hit him Google right if it, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, where's the quality control already? Like, geez. And I, I thought, uh, I didn't think about it much back then as a fan, but using the same exact it, like intro as they do on TV was kind of lame. You know, like I understand they brought, like Paul Heyman probably didn't have the budget, obviously, that WCW and WWF did, but like, Every pay per view, it was all they did was like change the text to the beginning, but it was the same signature intro that you said, like they use every week on TV. It just didn't make the pay per views seem as special as they could have been. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows by this point, ECW was not a multi million, multi billion dollar corporation. It was a. You wouldn't be able to tell a, from the Cobb County Civic Center. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was pretty much a. I guess. The term would be mom and pop, but it wasn't like a yeah. family-run business. I mean, it was run out of Paul Heyman's parents' house, but <laughs> they didn't run the business. But the wrestlers had a hand in booking towns, booking buildings, doing the merch, uh, you know, selling yeah. tickets. Like yeah. it wasn't like they ha- hired a bunch of people to help with that infrastructure. That was done by the wrestlers. Like, and they they talked about it. I think. Taz designed the merchandise. I think the Dudley Boys, at least Bubba Ray, would definitely help sell tickets and fulfill orders and stuff like that. And I think Tommy Dreamer helped book the buildings and the, and the towns and all that. So, uh, yeah, things like this might slip through the cracks when you're wearing like six hats, as I'm sure Paul yeah. Heyman was doing. Uh, especially when you're expanding your reach as far as touring, because you know, as most know. ECW's home turf, home base, was primarily in Philadelphia, at the corner of Swanson and Rittner, uh, at the what is now known as the 2300 Arena, but back then it was known as the, you know, unofficially as an ECW Arena, but it was just a it was Viking Hall and Alhambra Arena, all these different names over the years, but yeah. it was just a big warehouse at the corner of Swanson and Rittner. They would also run New York at the Elks Lodge in Queens and different places around, you know, in the Northeast, but when they started, you know, getting more attention and selling more merchandise and people were buying the tapes they started to expand a little bit and that's why they're down here in marietta georgia which is like you said earlier traditionally wcw territory or even even nwa territory we're talking about georgia championship wrestling uh but here ecw is kind of out of its element but when you watch the show 
it was an ECW crowd. Like that, <laughs> yeah. That that attitude traveled down to Atlanta. It wasn't like it was a different. They did all the chants. They uh, were as rowdy as a bunch as they would be in Philly, you know, the ECW arena or the Elks Lodge. Maybe slightly less rowdy, I guess. But they were they were loud. They were boisterous, and they were part of the show. Uh, damn near as much as the wrestlers at times. So, uh, yeah, that was interesting. To, like you mentioned earlier, that they're in WCW country when WCW in March '98 was still doing very well, right? Yeah, yeah, they were uh, still. I think '98 was Eric Bischoff had said their best year uh, financially, so they were still reaping the rewards of the great creative shows they had in '90. Six and the ninety seven ninety seven might have been obviously it was my favorite year, but might have been like a great year to build that audience. And then you know ninety eight, it just kind of continued growing, even though WWF was on the upswing. WCW stayed right where they were. You know maybe they didn't get higher than they were, but they didn't they didn't fall like dramatically quickly. You know they were still there. And March ninety eight. I was like all WWF'd up, and that was like right at the beginning of the Austin era. Um, and then, well, I said March, but uh, in May, by this point, you know, WWF had pulled ahead pretty much. Uh, but WCW was still, you know, there. And even though as a fan, I was like pure pro WWF at that point, uh, WCW still had a lot of great things going on. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Uh had a lot of good things going on. Sorry, I was distracted for a second. But uh, a lot of good things going About on. By my great point. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> and ECW also had good things going on in 1998. So, it was... I know some people say the wrestling business now is as healthy as ever. And, I mean, it's it's in a good spot. Don't get me wrong. But you can make the case 97 and 98 was a much better time for its business because... WWF, especially in 98, was killing the game. They started hitting their stride. WCW was still on top of its game. And ECW was growing in 1998. Mm-hmm. And selling out shows on their own. Uh, and it, you know, So it was that was a really good time, in my opinion, in wrestling. I think better than this one. You know, because <laughs> you had three promotions that... You had the promotion, the third promotion, and an ECW could put 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 people in the building... In a place that wasn't necessarily considered their territory. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, you know, according to Wikipedia, it was 3,400 people in the building. Can the third promotion in the country today put 1,000 people in the building? And who would that third promotion be? Would that be Ring of Honor? Would that be Impact? Mm. That's you a, know? Yeah. You get a, that's a push right there. <laughs> I mean, Impact, it has to be in contention because of their relationship now with AEW. Yeah. But if they started selling tickets and on their own, without using AEW talent, right? Mm-hmm. On their own, could they put a thousand people in a building in 2021 or 2022? Impact? Uh, uh, pr- absolutely not, <laughs> in my opinion. I don't think so. <laughs> you know, if they put Kenny Omega on the card, yeah, that would help. Mm hmm. You know, so this is what it was in 1998, though. Again, ECW, the third promotion, 3,400 people. Impact or Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor has done four or 5,000 people in the past, but that was also when they had Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and, 
you know, they bring a new Japan talent over like every month. Uh, you know, they were buzzing at that point. Not quite the same today. Not to say that it's not nah. good. It's just not buzzing like it was. You know, when you go to WrestleMania weekend, the Supercard of Honor's got five thousand people, six thousand people. It's like damn. You know, they're running Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, you know, it's a little different today. So, that's a little. Well, let's dig in. Dig into the card here. Uh, like I said, we got Joey Styles introducing people, and we got the signature opening from ECW, which is a lot of clips of Taz suplexing people on the top of their damn head. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, oh, like the chair shots are brutal, obviously. And all the other violence is brutal, but for some reason, I just winced more when I saw Taz suplexing people on like in the back of their necks, and it's like, oh man, <laughs> he was yeah, a monster man. back in the day. It was, and he, he, you know, that became his gimmick. And but like, I didn't even know. I think I started watching more like in '97. So when I would see stuff from like '96 and even like '95, when like he broke Sabu's neck, like, like or the, uh, Chris Benoit when he he broke Sabu's neck too, it's like what the hell's going on here? Like relax on Sabu's neck for crying out loud, but and just like yeah, that suplex like Mikey Whipwreck, I think, and I was just like what the hell, man? It's like he just I don't know how he didn't like cripple half the roster at that point. Especially in that era where uh, I don't think uh, the aftercare would would be uh, thought of as good as it is today. I should say, like I think wrestlers kind of take care of themselves better today. I think their uh, doctors are more available. Promotions that you know check them out and stuff. They don't have to wrestle every night, like maybe they seemingly did, you know, back then. But yeah. Taz just didn't care. <laughs> Dropping people on their necks here, or like everywhere. Yeah, I mean, you, uh, ECW did not have a team of doctors waiting <laughs> to help the wrestlers backstage. I mean, <laughs> there was a lot of stuff going on in the ECW locker room that a doctor would not have approved of. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, it's not like WWE today. Wrestling in general didn't have that, I don't think. I mean, they might have had one guy. Right. Uh, WWE has, has like multiple people, I believe, that like mm-hmm. specialize and be, you know, they had a guy ringside for every match. Which I mean, that's all. That's what how it should be. Yeah. You know, you, you know, the business has improved in in that respect. You know, in that one respect. Uh, but let's move on to the opening match here. At WrestlePalooza in 1998, we got the four blooded Italians, Little Guido and Tracy Smothers, going up against the Blue World Order, represented by our boy, the Blue Meanie, and Supernova. I guess he wasn't Hollywood Nova just yet? Or was he already Hollywood Nova? Yeah, I think it was like, it was after that. So he was okay. like Hollywood, he was just, like in 96, 97, I think it was like Hollywood with the paint on beard and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here he is in a superhero costume. He's supernova. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. Uh, the FBI, as the full blooded Italians are known for short, came out of course with the Big Don Tommy Rich, <laughs> who was a former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. He won the title in 1981. Uh, of course, Tracy Smothers, another guy who was in the territories and in Smoky Mountain. Uh, he of course passed away unfortunately last year in 2020. He was great yeah. back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so rest in peace to Tracy Smothers. 
Uh, and of course, Tommy Rich was known as the Big Don, like I said. He was the president of Little Atlanta, which I guess is a playoff like Little Italy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. I'm pretty sure Guido was the only actual Italian in the group. <laughs> um, but it was kind of funny. Anyway, they had the Italian flag with uh, Tommy Rich's face on it. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, I never appreciated it as uh, an Italian, but... And I didn't really get into my Italian heritage until later, you know, like in 2000, 2001, 2002. So this was, I didn't really appreciate the FBI at this point. <laughs> but look at that. <laughs> it's like funny as hell. Tracy Smothers just like, he cracked me up then, but like it, it's even funnier now because like all the mannerisms and stuff, like the Italian stereotypes, it just cracks me up. Right. They come out to like disco music, and then Tracy Smothers just starts dancing. Yeah, he I mean, does what he the things with his what hands, he considered dancing. Like, yeah, that wasn't necessarily like good dancing. It was Tracy Smothers dancing. So it no. was, it was, it was. He was moving. He was moving his body. I don't know <laughs> if he was moving his body to the beat, but he was shaking and gyrating and stuff when he would play this music. <laughs> it was silly. Yeah. Yeah. And so were the Blue World Order. We had this crazy, elaborate mm-hmm. handshake before the match. Uh, of course, Nova, I forgot to mention, Nova was Simon Dean in WWE at some point. Yeah. yeah. He would come down on the, uh, was it like a Segway? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a, <laughs> he, Even, he had the Simon system, you know. The Simon system. Play off of the, uh, you know, the powders and the protein powders and the, sh- the shakes and the meals and stuff. And it was hilarious. I Simon's system, gimmick. not quite, not quite as uh, popular as the Kobe system, but the Simon <laughs> system was a thing. It was, it was, it was a thing. Um, the fans, as soon as pretty much the FBI gets in the ring, what do they chant? Where's my pizza? <laughs> That's not racist at all, right? <laughs> nah, man, Italians love pizza. They should have brought some for everyone. You're going to call yourself that's an fair. Italian. You got to do it. You, you just, <laughs> that's what Italians do. That's how I was brought up. Bring enough for everybody. There you go. There you go. Uh, one thing I found interesting was that I forgot how the ECW ref shirts looked. Yeah. I, like yeah. that red and black stripes. They look weird. Yeah, they're really thick. You know, it wasn't like, it almost was like a red and a black stripe in the front. Because they were like that thick, and then I went around the back. But yeah, it was just a, a weird. Because they didn't always wear them. I think they had like the WWF style ref shirts earlier in their history. But um, they, they they had that red and black one for a while. I just yeah didn't. Not a huge fan. Yeah, it was it was a weird shirt. It looked like a shirt you just wear like in the street, not like yeah. a referee shirt. Yeah. But um. Like, as I mentioned earlier, Tracy Smothers was dancing. That's because a, a dance contest broke out in the middle of this match. Just so you know, this match was for pure comedy, and that's it. At ECW so have, opener, too, which is you know, right. not used to that. Not used to that at all. So you get a dance contest, and then the ref, John Finnegan, just body slams Tracy Smothers for some reason. <laughs> oh, that was annoying. To and me. then lays down for a count. A meanie goes over to cover for the count. I mean, the count... For the pin that John Finnegan's attempting, I think it was Smothers, right? Smothers kicks out. Yeah. I know it's annoying to you if you're annoying to a lot of purists, uh, <laughs> especially like a Jim Cornette type. Like, what the hell is going on here? Goddamn! <laughs> but 
the crowd in this in the, in the building erupted when John Finnegan hit that <laughs> hit that body yeah, slam. Yeah, but that like, was uh, as stupid as it was. The marks, the at damn least marks. it got a pop. <laughs> You're right. At least it was some sort of payoff with the fans, right? The fans got into it. If, they, if the fans didn't erupt, it's a complete failure. If if the fans like it, it, it you can't totally get on it. That's my philosophy sometimes. Mm. Okay. For some reason, that worked. I don't know why. With the bloodthirsty, aggressive ECW fans, this comedy spot with the referee body slamming Tracy Smothers, <laughs> even though a lot of people were considered a slap in the face to the wrestling business, um, yeah, why, it worked. But why the ref? Like That's what I don't get. I don't know. He just the, walked right into it. It was like know. there was no build-up to it. It just happened. Hmm. It looked like something that would happen on an indie show like like five years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a Chikara right. or something like that. Like Bryce Remsburg is going to body slam somebody. Just because. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's done that. I'm pretty sure he's gotten involved in a match in some way physically and like pinned somebody and the, the other wrestler counts. I'm pretty sure that spot has been stolen on some independent somewhere. And I feel like Bryce Remsburg has been <laughs> the, the, the culprit in that Uh Probably multiple times, um, but yeah, this this match was it was pure comedy. The BWO won with Novus finish, and I, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, <laughs> it was just there, and like I said, a comedy type match as a beginner for an ECW pay per view. I just didn't. I mean, as I so I ordered this pay per view. I watched it live, taped it, did all that. And I'm sure, you know, back then I was just like, ECW rules, yeah. So I was like, just enjoying whatever. I've got to doing. ask you, I've got to ask you where you were in life at this point, 1998. <laughs> Damn it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Damn. That's like part of the stick now. Where were you in life, Nick, in 1998, May 3rd? Uh, May 1998. So it was towards the end of my seventh grade year. And we didn't have like a seventh grade dance. Nowadays, they kind of have like, if you're in middle school, they have like a seventh grade dance and then an eighth grade dance. But I was in an elementary school, so I was like K through eight back then. So we didn't really have anything in seventh grade. We had like the blue and gold games, which was a series of Olympic type events between the seventh grade and eighth grade. And uh, we were losing pretty big, but we actually came back and tied the eighth grade at the end of like the final event. So that would mean we would have like a tiebreaker the next week or two weeks from that point. But because we were so ridiculous about tying it, we ran up and down the hallways, back in the lockers and stuff and disrupting the entire school. They canceled the, uh, they made the eighth grade win. Like we forfeited or something. Wow. <laughs> so, That's wild. I yeah. been pissed. <laughs> I can't remember if this was after the fact because it was at the end of the school year, so it might have been after this, but um, definitely around this time frame. Might have been maybe end of April uh, or early May. It could have been middle of May or late May. I don't remember for sure, but I do remember that happened at this time. This time frame that was like the biggest thing that the seventh grade was, you know, looking forward to. You know, the blue and gold games because our school colors were blue and gold, so the eighth grade was gold, the seventh grade was blue, and. Uh, we would have to wear like, our colors and stuff like that. So, you know, I got in on indoor soccer. That was my event. And uh, I don't think I scored once, but par for the course. Uh, 
yeah, that, that was my life at that point. Obviously, I'm enjoying. Uh, I don't remember why my mom let me order this pay per view because, you know, we had I ordered over the edge as well. You know, I just I wasn't ordering the WCW ones. I was ordering the WWF ones, and I ordered Living Dangerously in March. So I had both like Living Dangerously on pay per view on on VHS. I had Wrestlepalooza on VHS. So. Yeah, it was kind of weird that I I had been able to order those two ECW pay-per-views along with the WWF ones, but hey, maybe my my mom was being extra nice or something. But <laughs> I yeah, was, y'all was rich. I mean, yeah, <laughs> for like two months. Because uh, <laughs> I if, 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 if I, my mom was ordering pay-per-views back in '98, which she was not, but if she was, it'd have been one promotion per month. <laughs> You're not getting multiple shows per right. month. I'm like, yeah. are you you gonna get WCW and WWF? No, you're not. You're gonna pick one, and that would have been. I would have chose something, you know. <laughs> but it would have only been one. I don't know why I wanted to watch. I I always want to watch a pay per view though. It doesn't matter. Like even the WCW ones, I was like, man, I wish I could watch that. But my neighbor had like one of those black boxes, so there were a few WCW pay per views where I I gave to my neighbor. He he was a. This, his son was maybe like three or four grades below me, but we were friends. We played like street hockey and stuff. And, uh, you know, I had asked him, I was like, yo, could you like ask your dad if he could tape, you know, the WCW pay-per-view tonight for me? So I would give him like a blank tape and his dad would tape it for me and he would give it to me the next day. It was awesome. Nice. So, but those were only like, you know, a handful of WCW ones. So the ECW ones, uh, I didn't go that route. And I, I, it's so funny, like, looking back at this show, it's like, why did I really want to watch this? <laughs> and there was, yeah, like, like, nothing was on it. Yeah, what was the big draw for you to, for this show? I guess Al Snow, I guess, because I was like, that's yeah. Lee Cassidy, and, like, it, it's cool because ECW's, like, he's really talented. I had just got the internet, like, around that time frame, maybe a couple months prior to this pay-per-view, so I was like, oh, yeah, Al Snow's Lee Cassidy. That's why he looks familiar, and... Uh, yeah, I would see obviously stories like oh, ECWs utilize or you know message boards. They're ECWs utilizing Al Snow the right way, blah blah blah. And I was like, okay, maybe Al Snow's special. I guess I don't know. The head thing made me laugh. I had somebody like a classmate <laughs> bringing their own mannequin head, like skin and everything. It, it looked like Al Snow's head, just minus the hair. And we we like carried it around until finally the. One teacher just had enough, and I don't blame them at all. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, Can you please put that away. In the school, <laughs> we were. It was that's it was a lot. nuts. It, it was nuts, man. The the things we were able that to is. do back then, that you know, can't exactly do that now. But if you're not in a weird. fashions class or a fashion school, <laughs> and you're doing like hair, like that's or you're like was a cosmetology, I guess yeah. would be the proper term. And why are you carrying around, carrying around a mannequin head if you're not in one of those classes or going to a school like that? Because you're an <laughs> like, ECW fan. Because <laughs> Al Snow. Yeah. You just in the lunchroom doing this like in ring, like he bounces up around with the head, <laughs> and just bobbing it up and down. Oh my uh, God. What does everybody want? Beefaroni. Oh. He, he did have a Chef Boyardee commercial, didn't he? Did he? I don't know. Beefaroni, though. Know. You ever have that in school lunch? It was called Beefaroni. That was awesome. I, I probably had it at home, the Chef Boyardee stuff, but I don't remember having it in school. Maybe I did. That was like, it was one of those, uh, 
school lunches where everyone was like, ew, beefaroni, but they secretly loved it. So every like every beefaroni day, they were like, yes, beefaroni. But you had to like act like you didn't like it. So when you got it for lunch, you had to like act like, it, like why didn't you just bring your own lunch? It's like, well, we don't have much at home, so I guess I have to. I'm stuck eating this beefaroni, but people loved it. <laughs> beefaroni was good. Yeah, I'm telling you, beefaroni was I, I don't know why. I don't know why they had that like reputation. <laughs> At least in my school. <laughs> you went to a bougie school, I guess. Because beefaroni was clutch. Every time you had beefaroni, it was good. I was a fan. <laughs> I was a fan. As you should have been. <laughs> but uh, moving on, we got the second match of the card. We got everybody's favorite, Mikey Whipwreck, going up against Just Incredible. Wait, Before every, the match, we get a pretty, ev- pretty good video package everybody's by favorite. ECW standards. What's that? Everybody's favorite? Mikey Whipwreck. I mean, everybody liked Mikey Whipwreck. He was like the underdog. Okay. Is that is that not an accurate description? Uh, off base there? I guess not. I felt like Mikey Whipwreck was always like the underdog guy. Yeah, but like I everybody mean, Everybody like, wanted to root for I didn't root for him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> why didn't you root for him? Uh, I don't know. He looked like haggard, I guess. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was like, Just Incredible is going to beat his ass. Like, that's what I was thinking to myself. <laughs> oh, because Just Incredible looked like just the model he athlete, did. apparently. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you, don't, you can't mess with Aldo Montoya and get away with it. He, he wasn't out there looking like Mark Henry. <laughs> like, <laughs> just Incredible. He looked better than Mikey Whipwreck. I'll say that. <laughs> Everybody looked better than Mikey Whipwreck. <laughs> like, but that ain't the point. <laughs> I forgot this was like a series of matches too. By the way, yeah, I had no idea that Mikey Whipwreck yeah. was winning yeah. <laughs> until he won multiple <laughs> times. Uh, we, we we found out that through, like I said, the video package that was produced by ECW that I thought for their standards was pretty good. Uh, it was narrated by Joey Styles, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get Just Incredible in the ring. He is accompanied by he was just known as Jason, the sexiest yeah. man alive, which yeah. is like okay. <laughs> With his tight ass shirt, <laughs> tight ass green shirt, very very nineties attire. Maybe he was super sexy for the nineties, but he looked ridiculous. Uh, but Jason Jason Knight, of course, was a wrestler. Uh, he did wrestle in WWF. He's mostly a job guy in WWF, but he worked in the Indies for a long time. And uh, Just Incredible was also accompanied by Chastity, which of course Joey Styles made fun of. He's like, "Oh, what kind of name is that for her?" And you know. And all that good stuff. Yeah, he's one to but, talk. <laughs> Joey Styles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, that is a terrible name. Such so is AJ Styles for that matter. Like I said this on the podcast before. AJ Styles super talented. His name, I don't know why they came up with that name. He came up with that name when he was on the Indies, and it was like, oh, what's a cool name? <laughs> like cool name for the Independence, but AJ Styles. But Mike Whipwreck comes out. And starts beating the holy hell out of Just Incredible all over the Cobb County Civic Center. <laughs> right? <laughs> all and 20 that square foot. In... What's that? <laughs> all 20 square foot. <laughs> oh. It's a Cobb County Civic Center. Don't hate on it like that. It's the jewel of Cobb, of Marietta, Georgia. Not Cobb County. <laughs> it is I'm a place. I'm just having fun. I, 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 place, I, but... I apologize to all our Cobb County uh, Civic Center fans. Yeah. Shout out to Big Boss Man, by the way. Rest yes. in peace. Yes. 
running things down in Cobb County, Georgia. Giving people, <laughs> giving people hard time down there. But it's when, while Mike Whipwreck is beating up Just Incredible, we get an unedited, at least on, the, on Peacock, an F him up chant. You can uh. easily hear this on Peacock from the fans. That is not even close to being the worst instance of cursing <laughs> on this show. <laughs> That's interesting. Which be- because that audio for, that picked up the crowd was terrible all night. But you can, I, I don't remember hearing that, but I, I could have just not even met, made a note of it because I just forgot to make a note of it. But I don't know if it was that way on the network. But it's funny that with how bad the audience audio was, that came through. <laughs> Oh, it came through loud and clear. Now, it is it is weird because some, sometimes you hear the music and they got to dub over the music because they don't own the rights to it. So you got that crowd noise and get the real crowd noise. It was kind of weird at points, but yeah, the, the chant came through nice and clear. So we got that. I'm thinking like, huh, I guess Peacock didn't get to that yet. Didn't, haven't, they haven't gotten to the show yet at Peacock. Uh, we also got a He Got Herpes chant uh, and a... Just an asshole chant, which I thought was kind of funny, actually. <laughs> the just an asshole chant. Um, at the time of this match, though, Mikey Whipwreck was only 24 years old. That's crazy. That is crazy. To he be looked, like, he looked like you know, in his damn near 40s when he went to WCW. <laughs> he did. He looked even here. He looked older. He looked like he was thirty-two in his match. Like <laughs> people just age differently back in the day. I know yeah. we talk about it. I feel like every week we talk about like Hogan or Piper or somebody like that, uh, and they're like, "Damn, they look old as hell for 35. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And here's Whipwreck, twenty-four. Like that's super young. He did not look twenty-four. He looked much older. He turns forty-eight this year, though. Michael Whipwreck. Shout out to Mike Whipwreck. Oh, wow. I think he trained, I want to say he trained Zach, well, not Zach Ryder, I guess Matthew Cardona and Kurt Hawkins, or one of those, I think he trained either both of them or one of the two. Hmm. can't remember which one it is off the top of my head, but uh, <laughs> there's a point in this match where Justin Credible is, I guess, I guess I think he was in the crowd near the guardrail, and Mike Whipwreck picks up a chair and hurls it at him, but missed by a mile. And that chair went flying right into a fan's face. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was like, why would you do that in front of the fans? Like, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah. If that happened today, there's no way a promotion would or should do it today. But that was 1998 in ECW, bro. He was just like, <laughs> wee! Yeah, yeah. I, I like, Go for the best. I feel like they were maybe comfortable doing that because they knew that, hey, an ECW fan wouldn't sue us because they love us. <laughs> Man, if you break my face open, I'm suing. <laughs> if nothing happens, yeah, let's go. But like, if you hurt, if I, my face is all messed up, then we gotta you gotta cough up some money, ECW. I might pitch you out of business. <laughs> like, if anything, yeah, yeah, it's true. Like, forget that. So, but that, yeah, that that was a <laughs> I started dying laughing when that happened. Like, whoa, like that's that's kind of dangerous right there. Uh, and then we get you know Whipwreck, Suplex, Incredible. Through a table, but it looked like yeah. Mikey Whipper got the worst of that because he went straight to the concrete. Yeah. Didn't look like it felt good for him at all. But uh Yeah, this match was a match. I mean, Justin Credible hit his tombstone pile driver that's called 
that's incredible on a steel chair mm. for the win. I mean, we got some interference. Yeah, did, did you see how crazy that was where how Mikey had his head and like at the last second he finally tucked his chin. Like that could have been yes. really bad. That could have been really bad. I did bad. notice that. It's, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned it. I did notice that, but I thought like, I don't know. I just, I just trust them and what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. But like now that I, I can picture it, because I did notice that when yeah, I first watched it. it stuck out to me. I was but like, he, oh my God, what's he doing? <laughs> he did tuck his head, right? Wow, tuck yeah. his chin, I should say. Yeah, that could have like been right bad. As, you mentioned it. Right as Credible left his feet t- to land is like when he tucked it. I was just like, what, why is he? I guess he's looking to see where the chair is. And then, you know, once he feels Justin jump, he finally tucks his you know, Chan, I, I'm assuming he knew, he knows what to do. He's Mikey Whipgrek. He's been he's been wrestling like he knows what to do. But just seeing that, and, and I haven't watched this show really pretty much since may, maybe after May of '98. But uh, that year, pretty much, I didn't watch this in like 1999 or 2000. So it's been like over 21, 22, 23 years since I've really seen this show and i i noticed that and i was just like oh my god like thank god he didn't keep his head in that position because he would have been decapitated yeah or broken neck at the worst like yeah. i mean at the, at, probably at best a broken neck like yeah like steve austin something like that but yeah, yeah. that could have ended up poorly speaking of steve uh, austin you hear joey <laughs> styles talk about how he stole the stone cold stunner from mikey whipwreck it's like man like why do you have to say this stuff you're you have a working relationship with wwf like why are you saying that stuff on air <laughs> i don't know i guess it's, it's just a, weird you know, to me i mean yeah it's that, ecw that was the business no back rules, then man. It, it was and it didn't surprise me but nowadays it's just like man they like vince was literally funding them it's just funny how they would they didn't discriminate in there. I mean, I, I'm sure there were issues they could have brought up that they didn't, but Joey Styles openly talking about how Austin stole the Stone Cold Stunner from Mikey Whipwreck. That was just, like, kind of crazy to, you know, here in May 1998 on an ECW pay-per-view. Like, what's he, what's he trying to do there? Did he right? actually, though? I thought, uh, maybe he did. Maybe he started using the Stunner after he got to ECW, and then he saw Mike Whipwreck doing it, and it's like, oh, right, I yeah, I mean. But I always no. heard that Michael Hayes kind of invented the Stunner. But that was maybe. I thought maybe. I, maybe I'm tripping. I can look at that. Up well, he quick, he. I, I guess he told Austin to do it in King of the Ring. I think that's where he. I don't know if he debuted at King of the Ring or before that, but maybe uh, he had mentioned it to Austin to use it. I don't know, but it was literally a YouTube video uh, WWE put up one month ago, <laughs> <laughs> asking who invented the stunner. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? But it's yeah, Mikey it's called the Ace Crusher. <laughs> you know, uh, well, according to WWE and a bunch of stories, it was my, P.S. Michael Hayes, Michael P.S. Hayes, I should say. Hmm. So there's that information for you. By the uh, way, move on from that match. No, I, I don't want to move on yet. Sorry, <laughs> I made a note that take your time in, in this series of matches that. W- just incredible Whipwreck had. Whipwreck lost in his hometown of Buffalo. It's not a WWE special for a person to lose in their hometown. It's been happening and wrestling forever. And the biggest, I think the biggest thing, I guess the biggest loss or whatever, is Fall Brawl 97. The horsemen basically died in their 
backyard, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Like, how's that not number one for everybody when they talk about losing in their hometown? Like, I don't understand it. it they, it's like they think it's a WWE thing, but it's not. You, it's it's a wrestling you know thing to build heat. <laughs> you know why the people think it's a WWE thing? Because they suck at WWE it. But... Has, <laughs> and because I've done it so many times over the years. Yeah, but... Like it, it's just probably it's like a it's like a known thing. Like if, if WWE is in your hometown, you are going to get either lose a match or get embarrassed in some way. <laughs> and they do it every time. They do every time they were in Oklahoma, they like, would do something to Jim Ross. Every time they were in Memphis, they would do something to Jerry Lawler. Like if they were in Long Island, you better believe Zack Ryder was losing that night. He Zack Ryder couldn't have been on he he might miss Raw two years straight. But if they were in Long Island, boy, you better believe he was going to be on the show that night and get his ass whooped. <laughs> because, but they didn't start doing that right? stuff till long after this. Yeah, but they've done it so much though. They've abused that that tool, so to speak. They've used that tool and their toolkit to get heat over and over yeah. and over and over again. So that's the problem. That's, to that's me, it's true. not like the, the the thought process of doing it makes sense. But when you do it. Almost annually, come on! Like, can you do something else to get heat? Like, <laughs> come on! I'm just saying, man, they killed the horseman in North Carolina, which is probably the biggest yeah. egregious thing for me personally. Because, I mean, I love that event, and I love the way that main event went. It's obviously the outcome that you you remember, but it's just something that I noted. That's all. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, it's not just a WWE thing. That's you're accurate in that assessment, but WWE has they've gone back to that well. Way they definitely too many don't times. deserve any benefit of the doubt, and I'm not trying to you know say that, but whew. <laughs> it's it's happened like there was no need for that to lead up to this match. I, I don't know, Paul Heyman, man, <laughs> beaten. Poor Mike Whipwreck. Oh no, he lost in Buffalo. Like that was like his gimmick at first, right? That he would lose all the time, and then he started yeah, winning. Like yeah. he was a champion. He was a heavyweight champion at some. He was a heavyweight champion. Before this, how many job guys become the heavyweight champion? So I don't know. Yeah. Moving on, we got a backstage segment with Joey Styles where he is interrupted by the hardcore chair swinging freaks, which is the wildest tag team name. Probably in wrestling history. <laughs> Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. Rest in peace to Balls Mahoney. Uh, and they talk about, you know, wanting to face Chris Candido and Lance Storm. What's that? And Axel Rotten, right? I think they Axel Rotten passed still, away. He passed away? When? I, so. I thought he was still alive. Yeah, oh, February, man, he died in 2016? Damn it, heroin overdose. I thought he was still alive. Mm. I am sorry about that. <laughs> Rest in peace to Axel Rotten as well. Um, damn, that's crazy. It is. I'm pretty sure I interviewed Axel Rotten one time. Oh, wow. Back in 2013, 2014, maybe. It had to have been before 2016. Did you ask him um, about this match? I did not. Mm. Um, I forget what I talked to him about. It was a, it was a long time ago. Um. Maybe it was Ian Rodden. That's what I'm, th- I'm talking, thinking about. Maybe Ian Rodden. He's still alive, right? <laughs> it's a listen. I need to know. I'm looking. Yeah, he's still alive. Yeah. Maybe that's who you're thinking of. 
He was trained by Maybe Axel that's what Rodman. I was thinking of. Yeah, maybe I never yeah, maybe I didn't interview Axel Rodden. Fifty years Axel, old, jeez. Yeah. Maybe I interviewed Ian Rodden. I don't know. One of those rotten guys. Hmm. Um, so rest in peace to both Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. But on this night, they were talking about challenging Chris Candido and Lance Storm for the ECW World Tag Team Titles. And all of a sudden, they get a match. <laughs> they do, they, <laughs> they walk to the ring. Out. <laughs> they just walk out. Uh. Say, we want to fight right now. And they get the match somehow. Uh, and then and they took forever to get to the ring. Like you have the champions calling you out, and you're looking all stupid with Joey Styles on the like. Uh, uh, wait, did we actually get the match? Like, what? What's going on? <laughs> like, like seriously, man. Like that type of stuff. It just didn't make sense. It's like well, you just man. called them out, and they're out here, and you're like looking all confused and stuff. Like, what? <laughs> it had to register at first, man. Come on, you gotta. <laughs> maybe it took a while. I don't know, but. Like, literally, the they champs. came out, like, the champions came out, and Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney were like, What the hell is going on here? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. They actually, they actually do? What the faces? <laughs> what? Gotta get one in. Um, sp- <laughs> speaking of the champions coming out, their entrance was pretty damn funny because yeah. <laughs> the storyline goes, Chris Candido and Lance Storm hated each other's guts, mainly because of... Candido's jealousy of Storm because you know Sunny likes Storm too or something like that. I don't know. Either way, they hate each other, so they walk out together as the tag team champions. Not really next to each other, not friendly, but they walk out together. And then Chris Candido says, "Man, forget this." Walks back through the curtain. They hit his music, and he walks back out for his own music. Like, yeah, it's my entrance now. Like he came out twice. <laughs> yeah. And then made sure when they were in the ring that the ring announcer announced his name first as part of the team. He said, Lance Storm and Chris Candido. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and told him, it's like, Chris Candido and Lance Storm. I was like, man, that's a high level of petty that I've, I don't think I've ever seen before. And I applaud it. <laughs> so, it was great. Shout out to Chris Candido and rest yeah. in peace to him as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was a very high level of, of petty. From Chris Candido, you you have to applaud it at at that at that point when it's that high. I mean, you gotta do it. He made two entrances just because he wanted yeah. his own spotlight. That's wild. <laughs> he was a baby face to me. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he was hilarious, man. Yeah. He was really really funny. You know what else was really funny? Every time Balls Mahoney would throw punches or get offense in, <laughs> the fans would just chant "Balls, yeah. <laughs> Balls," every time. It's just. I remember watching like him at first and the fans doing that and I was like, Are they saying that? Like I I didn't understand like if that was actually something they were saying. I was like, This is a wrestling show, like are they really saying that? <laughs> it was like on ECW hardcore TV or something. So yeah, they would they would chant that and when I got ECW the the music, the first album, I believe balls that theme music was on there and I, I was just like, Oh, it's like it's a real song. <laughs> You had ECW, the music? Yeah. You know, that existed. Yeah, man. Extreme music. Man. I wonder. I don't know if they had Extreme a second music. one. but <laughs> Yeah, I don't think they were around long enough to have a second one. <laughs> it's just it one great. volume. It was great. Uh, speaking of chants, we got a free Ric Flair chant. And this is during the time when Ric Flair, I believe, was suspended from WCW. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
So on the ECW show, we got a free Ric Flair chant, <laughs> and they were hey look they they are in WCW country. Yeah. So. Yeah, they, they, I totally didn't know what was going on at this point. Uh, I was like, "What is free Ric Flair from what?" I was like, "Do they want him to come to ECW?" Like, you know, I just got on the internet, but I, w- I wasn't privy to Flair being suspended at this point because I believe that happened like the previous month. So it had been, or maybe a few weeks. I don't even know. And uh, yeah, they were he, like, he was suspended by this point. So I was just like, "Oh, like how how funny is that?" <laughs> didn't even realize it. Didn't realize it was even long a story before, at this point. Right. But long before we got the CM Punk chance, we were getting free Ric Flair chance on wrestling shows <laughs> all over the country. So he was eventually freed, fortunately. Uh, yeah. But as far as this match, it was a, you know, it was a match. It was a good match. Uh, Candido and Storm won. Uh, and after they won, they just fought each other backstage. Just started punching yeah. each other in the face. <laughs> Mainly because Storm hits his finish and goes for the cover. But before the referee can count to three, Candido hit him in the back with a chair, <laughs> tossed him out the way, and pinned Balls Mahoney so he could get the win. Again, oh, Candido, great. with the boss-level amounts of petty, <laughs> so, so he can get the win. I applaud. I stand. Yes. Chris Candido. But just how petty his character was in ECW. Like, oh, you getting the win? Pow! Get out the way. I'm getting like, the win. He didn't just like shove him off. He hit him with a chair. He hit him with a chair. As I say, hit him with a chair with the back. Pow! And Lance was like, ow, what the hell? And then they fight each other backstage. That was pretty wild. Yeah. So then we move on to, I guess, sort of an intermission type of break where Joey Styles... Is in the ring, and he brings out uh, a group of wrestling legends. Uh, first on that list, first person out was JYD, Junkyard Dog, and he get a big, big reaction. I mean, J- Junkyard Dog, big over in the South, obviously from Mid South Wrestling, and and of course in WWF too, one of the best baby faces of that era. Uh, if you don't know how big of a deal Junkyard Dog was back in like in the eighties, early eighties in Louisiana, you better check out some Mid South and see how big of a baby face he was. Uh, but the thing about Junkyard Dog was this was his final television appearance. Yeah, uh, because a month later he died in a single car accident when he fell asleep at the wheel while he was driving home from his daughter's high school graduation. How terrible was man. that, man? You, 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 if you're his daughter, you graduate from high school is a great achievement in your life to that point, and then not even a day later, that same day, or maybe it was a day later, I don't know, but either way, right after, you, your dad passes away in a car accident, tragically. He was only 45 yeah. years old. Hmm. So, yeah. uh, so at least on this day, he got a big reception, big ovation from the fans when he came out, but yeah, that's terrible, man. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's funny yeah, to see him today, though. Like not him, but see uh, the Young Rock show, and they have Junkyard Dog, a person yeah. portraying Junkyard Dog on the show, and yeah. that person looks just like Junkyard Dog. <laughs> it is crazy. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> when I first saw that, I was like, what? <laughs> right? Is it wait? He's, he's, he's what? What? No, oh, oh, an actor. Okay, <laughs> yeah. an actor. So. Yeah. Yeah, so rest in peace, Junkyard Dog. Also, rest in peace to the next man Joey Styles brought out, and that was Dirty Dick Slater. 
Uh, of course, he died in the year 2018 at the age of 67. So a little, little longer, a lot longer, I should say, than Junkyard Dog. But he brought out Dick Slater. And then lastly, or not lastly, he brought out Max Superstar, who most people know as Bill Eadie or Demolition Axe mm. from the tag team Demolition. He's still yeah. living, fortunately. He's uh, 73. So shout out to Bill Eadie. He's also in No Holds Barred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As uh, what was his name on No Holds Barred? Oh, man. Oh, I, man. I can't remember his character name in No Holds Barred. He was, he was definitely was it's he like himself? Jake Bullet, something like that. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, he's like Jake Bullet. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, he was a he was a guy that uh, ripped Thomas, rip him, who uh, <laughs> wrestled in the opening scene. <laughs> yeah, Jake Bullet. <laughs> Jake Bullet. Speaking of Bullet, the last person that Joey Styles brought out. See, see what I did there. I, you know what? Another one. Add add another one to. That's it. That's in the Segway Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's- <laughs> Right, but speaking of Bullet, we got the last person Joey Styles brought out was Bullet Bob Armstrong, legendary figure in, in Southern wrestling back in the territory days. Of course, he's the father of Brian Armstrong, better known as Road Dog. Scott Armstrong, who's also in WWE as a ref, and Brad Armstrong, who is unfortunately no longer with us, but he was also a wrestler in WCW. But yeah, the Armstrong family and Bullet Bob was a Super over babyface back in the day. He passed on uh, just last August. Uh, I think he was in his 90s when he passed away. But uh, So rest in peace to Bullet Bob. But um, what a great name, too. Bullet Bob. Yeah. Can't get better than that. Right. Great name. So <laughs> after we come out and honor these legends, Shane Douglas comes out <laughs> and hits the ring. And talks to Joey Styles. And well, before that, I mean, Joey Styles says that before Shane Douglas come out comes out, Joey Styles says that Shane Douglas had a, a banged up elbow that required surgery right after the match. Oh, that he was going to have later on that night. He had a fractured cheekbone. Oh, and a cracked bone in the roof of his mouth. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sit your ass down yeah, somewhere. I know, man. We don't need to see you wrestle. I mean, I understand if you're not making guaranteed money, if you don't work, you don't get paid. But damn. And he was a champion. I understand that's tough to let go. But it's just, this is how much the business has changed. A guy with a fractured, what was it? Fractured cheekbone is not wrestling in WWE or fractured even AEW. shouldn't be wrestling AEW. A fractured palate in the roof of his mouth, the elbow. Which happened, right. the elbow injury happened, I think, at the November to remember pay-per-view in November 97. So, it's, you know, he's already been dealing with it for like six months. It's like, come on. Come on, man. So, I know people, <laughs> some people rag on the guaranteed contracts or old guys get lazy. But the guaranteed contract works when, if you get hurt, you can go home for a month or two, get healed up, and come back. Yeah, you don't get hurt by paying your bills. You don't get hurt by being lazy. So, this is like the issue I have with people... Say like, oh, they sit at home and they're lazy and collect money. It's like, man, they they well, put their it, body through it, that it, in order to be able to do that at some point. If they do get hurt, like, just shut it's up. It's literally man. what Shane Douglas said in his promo here. Is like, guys collect, you know, guaranteed yeah. money and they stub their big toe and they sit home. <laughs> but Shane, if you had guaranteed money, you wouldn't be working with a fractured elbow 
and a fractured palate and a fractured cheekbone. Yeah. Like you can sit yeah. home and heal up if you get guaranteed money. So it'd be good for you, actually. He changed his tune when he went to WCW. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I can make how much when I'm hurt? Wow. <laughs> but <laughs> that fractured palate did not stop him from <laughs> talking a lot. <laughs> yeah. And the stuff he was saying. Now, <laughs> when he talked about the stubbed toe thing, he said in his book, that was a bunch of BS. And he's actually said, you know, unedited BS. We have it for you. So <laughs> we have it unedited. <laughs> oh, you got it unedited? Oh, yeah. Is it unedited on WW Network? I believe so. Because on Peacock, it was not edited. And I'm like, okay, that's one curse word. I guess Peacock missed that one. And then he goes on to talk about Shawn Michaels, called him uh, the P word, unedited. Talked about how he got handed the Intercontinental Championship because Shawn Michaels had a quote-unquote bump on his head. And he said that's from the moment he knew that the Intercontinental title in WWF meant the S word. Rounds with spit. Yeah, he did. Again. Didn't edit that. Unedited. How did this slip through the cracks? Did he call Ric Flair Dick Flair? <laughs> and I'm only saying that because that is a name. It's an actual name. <laughs> right? And then Taz comes out. And one of like the two people in ECW that had their own custom theme music. So that was pretty cool. And the cursing continues. <laughs> Shane Douglas, for one... Taz felt like because he had beaten up Shane Douglas, you know, and he he lost his television title, but he had beaten up Shane Douglas. He who's the one who hurt Shane Douglas. He he that he was the uncrowned world champion. Douglas responded by telling him to shut the f up, unedited. <laughs> uh, then he yelled at a fan, "Sit down and shut the f up." <laughs> right, dropped multiple f bombs. People were mad that they edited out like. Roddy Piper and the, and yeah. the blackface, bro. They haven't gotten to certain. Th- Just watch WrestlePalooza '98. You'll hear all the cursing you want, because <laughs> they don't bleep out Shane Douglas at all. Peacock, y'all, y'all, if y'all gonna, y'all probably listen to this like, oh man, we need to get on this right away. <laughs> yeah. So don't be mad, y'all. Don't blame us when all of a sudden WrestlePalooza has, you know, it added out the curse words. But we look, we gotta keep it real. It was wild. I was watching. I was like, "Damn, this is on NBC's streaming channel, streaming service." I don't know how much content they have on there that has that level of vulgarity. Uh, but Shane Douglas has probably has the record for the number of curse words said on Peacock right now from WrestlePalooza, nineteen ninety eight. <laughs> of all the people who could have that record. The franchise Shane Douglas has that record. He definitely does. And we have uh, to prove it. Like, I have the, the promo up until Taz comes out. So it's about three minutes long. And we're like, if we're going to, hey, if you, listener discretion advised. Like, we could play it right now. And because uh, <laughs> this was one of the uh, more memorable moments of the show uh, for me personally. And I know you, you even said that promo was wild. So <laughs> we're going to play it. And I started when wrestling was still wrestling. 
and they didn't call it an entertainment. They called it a sport. And I was there when I saw the older generation wrestle with injury after injury. And I've also seen punks in the business today that are on guaranteed contracts, stub a toe and take six months off and still collect a paycheck. In my book, that's a bunch of shit. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that sounds like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> I was in a place called the World Wrestling Federation. Boo. And there was a time when I was supposed to stretch Shawn Michaels. Stretch him, yeah. <laughs> Not beat him. Abdominal stretch. And instead, the pussy walked out to the ring and handed me a belt. <laughs> oh my God. WWE <laughs> Network, not edited. And it was at that minute I knew the WWE Continental Belt meant shit in this. Yikes. How did WWE miss this? <laughs> ECW, man. <laughs> they yeah, ruined yeah. WCW. <laughs> right. <laughs> what? Oh, get it? Yeah, he sucks Bischoff's ass. That's why Bischoff suspended him. Yep. And wanted to fight him, like on TV. <laughs> Fire me! I'm already fired. I wish he would, and you can boo me all you want, because I don't like the old son of a bitch. <laughs> I have two fractured bones in my elbows, a fractured palate, and a fractured cheekbone. Sit down somewhere. And I plan on coming out here tonight and giving a wrestling match of a lifetime, because it may be a last wrestling match. In my career. You're right. Mm. Sit down somewhere. You witness, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, you will tell your kids and your grandkids and your great great grandkids. Nope. Sorry, no. You watched a great mm -mm. athlete named the franchise, and he was the greatest world's heavyweight champion of all time, no matter what happened at WrestlePalooza. Mikey Whipwreck. I have not. I have not told Gabby that at all. <laughs> I have not told so, my nieces or nephews at all. My goddaughters and godsons, I have not said anything about that. Mm -mm. So That's not what happened. <laughs> but yeah, that promo was wild. That was again, before, was like, and right after out. that, yeah, Taz came out, so I didn't uh, include that, but it's pretty wild for a 98. Yeah, I'm watching that, I'm just kind of like, damn. Because every single promo I've seen is on, you know, edited on TV. They bleep out everything. So to hear right. it, you know, and my parents are probably like, whoa, because WWF didn't do that at this point. Um, they were like pushing the envelope, but they weren't, you know, saying those words on TV. And WCW sure as hell wasn't. So <laughs> they were probably right. like, what the hell? And, and it's pay-per-view. You can get away with it on pay-per-view. Yeah. So I'm not even really like, so I guess at the time you're watching it as a kid. And like I said, your mom orders this for you. Yeah, that's wild. But as I watch it today, I'm like, oh, well, I understand that he cursed a lot on pay-per-view. Mm -hmm. But why hasn't nobody bleeped that out? Like, I'm <laughs> yeah. stunned yeah. that that is still up here in 2021 on Peacock, on NBC Universal streaming service. Maybe they have 
content where it's, they have explicit language, and I don't know about it, you know. But I, I, fu- I have a funny feeling that they don't they don't have a lot of content up, up there like this. So <laughs> uh, that was wild. Uh, eventually, Taz talks his trash, comes out, chokes out, damn near choked out Shane Douglas. <laughs> Uh, but security helped him. Security saved him before he got put put down. Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow comes out, starts fighting Taz. All hell breaks loose. Taz eventually gets arrested and hauled off to jail. Or before he gets hauled off to jail, he gets put in the back of a car and just kicks the window out. And Shane Douglas is in the ring spitting up blood. How can this man still wrestle? He's clearly bleeding internally. <laughs> All hell is breaking loose right here. <laughs> it was it was nuts. It was definitely nuts. And it was me. I remember, you know, by this point, I think we had already seen Austin get arrested. And, you know, I was just like, oh, Taz is like an Austin wannabe, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> As a fan. You no. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, nah, they were different in a lot of ways. But to me, I was just like, man, can they stop copying WWF? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's the other way. If anything, it was it, the other way around. Right, exactly. Exactly. WWF was copying ECW, but... You mentioned Taz. Like, Taz was a badass in ECW, bro. Like, he was was. the truth. Like, that music, survive if I let you. And he even had, like, special lighting for him. He had tap out on the, on, like, the little stage thing right there. The the unique lighting and the music and the the walk he would do. And just, he looked like he would kill somebody. Yeah, he was only, like, 5'8", but who cares? He he was like like a damn fire hydrant. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't want to go against him. No, and then you slam people on the top of their head. Like, he looked like he could kill somebody. And ECW did everything they could to build him up as this monster. He beat Bam Bam. Oh, did he beat Bam Bam Big Low? I think he beat him once. I know he lost the, t- the he TV beat him. to him. But. Yeah, he beat him. I think, uh, I know they wrestled at Heat Wave uh, after this. Yeah, 98. And I believe yeah. he I beat think him Taz that won that time. match. So he lost yeah. at Living Dangerously. But he went right. through the ring, so there was like a good... You know, they right, did that, well. that was the one in Asbury. That was the one in Asbury Park where I think yes. didn't uh that that was a main event, right? No, that they was, had a match uh, after that. I think they wrestled it was right before around yeah. that hole. Yep. Yeah, so, Meanie, Meanie, yeah. Blue Meanie told us uh, WWF helped him with that. Uh, spot, right. So right. It's kind of cool. Yeah, interesting tidbit there. I do yeah. recall that. Uh, but yeah, they wrestled a heat wave. That's when they went off the. St- well, they went through the stage. Yeah, and, and then even off the stage, I know Taz suplexed him into the crowd, I believe, at, like yeah, off the I ramp, and hit, he hit his head on the cart rail. Yeah. I think that really Taz messed him up. Awful. Yeah, but Taz was awesome. And in WWF, which is like, eh, not really. <laughs> Just because he wasn't 6'2". Like, I don't understand that, man. And yeah. The business is totally different today. If Taz came along today, he could probably still be that monster. Mm-hmm. But back in '98, WWF just wasn't having it for some reason. Not, or 90, not '98, '99, 2000. He, he yeah. debuted War Rumble 2000. So for whatever reason, just wasn't happening. And even though he chokes out Kurt Angle on his first match, it just I don't know. I I didn't get it. I don't either. And maybe he just came along when there was other so many other stars too. You got The Rock. You got Steve Austin. You got Triple H, and maybe they just didn't feel like they had room for him at the top. But I think he could have fit into the top and with him, Jericho, Benoit, Kurt Angle, all those guys. He could have been the ECW guy that got put up there alongside the WCW guys and like Jericho. But you know, 
they were both in ECW too. Don't get me wrong, but they were more seen as ECW guys, and mm-hmm. Kurt Angle's the Olympian, and then you have your ECW guy that you bring up there in Taz, but for whatever reason, it did not happen, and I still think that was a mistake on WWF's part. So Yeah, I agree. I- You're listening to The Straight Shooters, featuring Vaughn Johnson and Nick Picone giving you the best and worst in the world of professional wrestling past and present. The Straight Shooters podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, the Radio.com app, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. You can become a patron of The Straight Shooters for only $2 per month by signing up at patreon.com forward slash shooters radio you'll get exclusive content never before heard from two of the best you can also listen to classic episodes of the straight shooters at shootersradio.com after all that chaos how can we how can we calm this situation down i got an idea let's bring out new jack <laughs> like, Oh, man. <laughs> That'll do it. That'll calm the situation, you know. New Jack comes out with, <laughs> on the Peacock, and I'm sure the WWE Network as well, the generic in the ghetto rap music playing in the background, which just, it doesn't, yeah, it's just not, playing I don't know if people probably, <laughs> well, that's what happened with New Jack. New Jack would fight, <laughs> and the music would keep playing during his matches, <laughs> which was, hyster- I thought was hysterical. Like, I thought that was a great touch that nobody has tried to replicate since then. Uh, even, with, you know, even though, it was, you know, he did it with a real licensed song, you would think somebody would try to replicate that somehow. I don't know. Maybe in a different way. Either way, uh, it's not the same on a streaming service today because obviously the streaming services don't have the rights to the actual song, which is Natural Born Killers by Dr. Dre and Ice Cube and whatnot. But... It's just not the same, you know. I almost, I actually did play the actual song and put Peacock on mute so I can try to get the kind of the full experience. But it's just not you the really same. Did that? You really did. I that. really did that, and it kind of helped. Ain't nobody got time but it's for just, that. I did it. It took two seconds. It was not. It wasn't that hard. Because you need to fully experience New Jack at his. You really did at that. At his most, <laughs> at his most brutal. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it wasn't man. hard. I, I, I just didn't think of doing that. That's interesting to me. No, I did. I did. Try it. You gotta try it next time and listen mm. to that song, which is a dark song, bro. Mm. <laughs> it's a real dark song. But that beat hard though. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> that beat is crazy. But the, yeah, the the, 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 the material on that song is pretty dark. But. Uh yeah, it, it, the song that they have in the the streaming service is just uh, just yeah. it's not. I the mean, same, those are bro. always brutal, definitely, and you could definitely tell at ECW they do the most uh, editing when it comes to music. Yeah, because ECW used they use licensed, licensed music, music, yeah, <laughs> for ev- pretty much everybody but Taz and Sabu. Yeah, but everybody else, you know, they had something and they got to dub over it somehow. They could have used this. They did the work. Oh yeah, yeah, let's do that. Another licensed song. 
But also, it's like they did the work in dubbing over everybody's songs to avoid <laughs> getting sued. But didn't bleep out the cursing? That just that's kind of that's not really backwards. Yeah. It's just y'all could have did that in one fell swoop. Like I could have did that and didn't bleep it out at the same time. <laughs> right, they deserve that. Uh, I'm on a roll, but with, with these sounds, you you are. You are. Uh, <laughs> this match was as crazy as you would expect. I mean, like I said, New Jack came to the ring with a trash can, a mystical shirt, yeah. and a bunch of weapons. And an actual, like, got- real looking trash can, a cool trash can that right. Not makes like me the, believe the that it's a trash can. <laughs> yeah. Plastic one. It was the like the shiny real, metal. Like, right. It was like a real, like, multi gallon trash can. A waste bin. <laughs> like, you a waste find. bin. <laughs> right, you'll find like in an arena somewhere. Like he wouldn't. We gotta be actually want to get hit with that. Yeah. School, yeah, somewhere, somewhere in public, like an industrial <laughs> trash can. He would not want to get hit with. Um, but he had it. He had a amongst the weapons he had in that can was a Godzilla action figure <laughs> that he used to put uh, in between Bam Bam Bigelow's legs and then hit it with a hockey stick. So that's just one thing that happened. Another thing that happened, it's funny, <laughs> um, as soon as I saw the balcony in the Cobb <laughs> County Civic Center, I was like, oh, New Jack's going to jump off of that at some point. <laughs> and then, lo and behold, they fight into the stands, and New Jack just finds its way up those steps and up that balcony, and then grabbed a guitar. I was like, oh, what's going to happen here? Yeah. And he jumps off with the guitar and hits Bam Bam Bigelow over the head with it. It seemed like it doesn't seem very logical to do. You could have just hit him over the head on while your feet on the ground, but that, yeah, I guess twenty feet up. all the way up to the yeah. top and hurt himself probably yeah. in the midst of that. Like, I, think, sure. I think he really knocked himself out, or right. definitely because he wasn't the first one up. <laughs> no, the match pretty much ended after that. Like Bam Bam put him in the ring, put him in the with the pile driver, the um, welcome the greetings mm-hmm. from Asbury Park, and then won the match. And New Jack didn't stand on his feet the rest of the rest no, of that. Like, no, like people came out to check on him. Yeah. Bam Bam threw the big ass trash can on top of him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of the match. So yeah, that was uh, kind of an abrupt end to that match. Yeah, especially because New Jack was the last one to like do a high impact move and then I guess he knocked himself out. I think he even admitted at some point he might have been high <laughs> during that match. So I'm sure that Ooh. jump and fall did not help him at all. It didn't look like it. People, there was a lot of people at, uh, that rushed to him after the match. Yeah. You know? yeah. So something must have been wrong. Like they had to know <laughs> yeah. even before that. So why even let him go out there? I, I just don't. ECW wasn't, you know, <laughs> known for, for, that type of stuff. I don't think really any wrestling company was. They there were certain things they wouldn't allow happen, but they kind of let just guys go out there, even if they didn't see deem they were kind of like a hundred percent too. So it was just kind of weird, you know. The whole situation was just weird to me. Yeah, but this is also the same promotion that had the sixteen uh, year old kid go out there, yeah. <laughs> unbeknownst. Yeah. To everyone who did, they thought it was in the other. Yeah, but he lied to us. Like, well, then do your due diligence, man. Like, yeah, get another. I just like an ID. Like, I don't know. A very weird time back then when it comes to pro wrestling. Yeah. Uh, But moving on from that, we got a video recap 
of the Dudley Boys Tommy Dreamer Sandman rivalry. Uh, which, you know, a lot of chair shots to the head, a lot of Singapore canes to the face, a lot of violence, which is what you would expect. This is ECW, after all. Uh, we get the whole Dudley family in the ring. We got Bubba Ray, Devon, Sign Guy, Big Dick Dudley, and Joel Gertner, who's about to go into a spiel. With, minus Spike Dudley. I should, should mention they didn't have Spike Dudley with him because they had already shunned Spike Dudley from the family. By this point, but Joel Gurdon is about to go into his whole shtick, his whole spiel, and then he gets cut off by the Sandman in his <laughs> generic uh, rock music at this point on the, on the streaming services, but it was also obviously Metallica uh, into the Sandman. Uh, he comes out, fans are go crazy, because Sandman's entrance was like pretty much worth the price of admission alone for a lot of ECW shows, uh, but the story here is that Sandman was sent to the hospital by the Dudleys, and was thus less than 100% for this match, so you see him kind of got like a crook in his neck, something like that, he's kind of gingerly cracking open the beers, and chucking it slowly, not, you know, in two seconds flat like he usually did, um, but this was like one of the longest entrances I've ever seen, like I feel like he went like <laughs> around the entire ring cracking open beers and, sm- and taking drags of that damn cigarette. Dude, it was uh, longer than the RVD Sabu match. That went 30 minutes. <laughs> uh, I was just waiting. I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> I forgot how long this was. Uh, was Sandman's entrances always that long? I mean, I feel like I know his entrances, again, were like part of a major part of his act. Like that yeah, was, yeah, people they got were, into his entrance. They were pretty long, but then you add in Tommy Dreamer and Beulah and, you know, them doing their thing. Uh, you just added to it. It's like, Come on. And I even wrote Sandman looks hurt as hell because the way he was walking gingerly, like you said, it was just like I was almost thinking to myself, if he's legit hurt, like why is he wrestling now? Like, geez, like come on. Hey, <laughs> but it, it could have been a storyline, but at the same time, he probably was really hurting too, <laughs> like a lot of those guys were. You got to get paid, man. Yeah. If you don't work, you don't get paid. That's how it be. Mm-hmm. But regardless of the fact that he was Injured, he still was throwing tables in people's faces, brought a steel guardrail into the ring. Uh, but it worked against him, that guardrail, because yeah. he tried to throw Bubba into it, but he reversed it and threw Sandman into it. Problem was, Sandman was really hurt, <laughs> a big hurt, I guess, in storyline, and stayed down and got stretched out of the ring in the neck brace. <laughs> like, took one bump and was like, nope, done. Body gave up on him. So now, Tommy Dreamer is all by his lonesome, fighting off both Bubba Ray and Devon. They crotch him on the guardrail and then hit him with a concerto before anyone knew what that even was. So, <laughs> turns out they were the innovators of the chairs, not Edge and Christian. Yeah. Yep. Uh, as well as the tables, you know, for the Dudley boys. So, uh, but eventually, like I mentioned earlier, little Spike Dudley, who was shunned from the family, comes out to help Tommy Dreamer. Uh, but Big Dick Dudley takes care of him pretty quickly. Uh, I didn't know his finish was called Total Penetration, <laughs> which is just like, okay, all right, uh, okay, have mercy, you know, Big Dick Dudley, Total Penetration, get it, ha <laughs> ha, uh, yep, but Beulah gets in the ring, Ooh. and sign guy Dudley with a DDT, <laughs> So stuff is just happening all over yeah, the place. Yeah. 
And then from the hospital, I guess, or from the back, <laughs> off his stretcher comes Sandman with a neck brace around his neck. With a brace around his neck, I should say. Not a neck brace around his neck. <laughs> sounds stupid. But you're not wrong. I'm not wrong, but it sounds dumb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he starts swinging the Singapore cane, hitting everybody in the face with one, and then he and Tommy Dreamer get pick up the win. So... Yeah, that was uh, what happened. That was something. <laughs> it was a, it was something. It was uh, it was a lot. Yeah, but yeah. That was that. Not bad to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we move on. We got a video package uh, featuring Sabu and Rob Van Dam, who were tag team partners, who both managed by Bill Alfonso, former referee in WWF and ECW. But they were going to face each other for the ECW World Television Championship, which was held, of course, by Rob Van Dam. He had only won it the month prior from Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, but he would, spoiler, he's going to retain somehow on the show, but he would go on to hold that title for 699 days. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah, definitely in that yeah. era, too. Yeah. He didn't lose the belt until March 4th, 2000. He held this belt until another decade. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's crazy. I but remember again, getting tired story. of his title reign. I was just like, when will he lose already? Jeez. He's it's like his Van matches Dan, with Jerry Lynn. I was like, Jerry Lynn's got to win at some point. Come on. <laughs> no. No. You got to hold the belt for almost 700 days. Yeah. But the story here, again, is that Bill Alfonso manages both Rob Van Dam and Sabu, so he's kind of supposed to be like impartial here. He even got his crooked ref Jeff Jones to be the <laughs> referee. Uh, but this is what I noticed is like when we, we see the promo with Bill Alfonso and he's holding the television title. Yeah. And I was like, damn, if I got that the t- TV title in ECW, it looked just like the WWF title. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> it was a winged eagle. Yeah. And then I was like, damn, the tag titles. They were the Intercontinental cha- Championship. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. And they were just like a national promotion, just using another promotion's belts, essentially. <laughs> just slapped their logos on it. And, and nobody batted an eye. The heavyweight title was more like the WCW heavyweight title. So they like mixed and matched. <laughs> right. And that the ECW one that Shane Douglas had reminded me of the big gold belt in WCW. That it just kind of reminded me of that. It wasn't exactly a copy, but... You know, the TV title and the tag titles were exact copies. They were. <laughs> and it was, it was funny. They eventually did change the titles over and have their own titles. But at this point, they did not. <laughs> Those tag titles look just like yep. where they were, the Intercontinental titles. Yep. There's two of them. Same for the TV title. They made the heavyweight title the TV title <laughs> for some reason. It was weird. It was really weird. Paul was like, can I do this, uh, Vince? He was like, sure. <laughs> Right, or he said no logos and Paul on it. did it anyway. <laughs> right. Maybe Vince didn't even know. He's just like, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Just give me your talent. You can do whatever you want. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but this match was a lot of... For one, it went 30 minutes, which I think is the longest match on the show. Yeah. I feel like it went on for forever. Uh, yeah. I don't know if Sabu matches should last 30 minutes. Mm-mm. Because... You're going to get a lot of him jumping off ropes, springboarding, and falling. <laughs> like, you know, a lot of that. And once you see it four or five times of him, like, messing up or not quite getting it right, like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have him do 30-minute matches. Maybe, like, 10, 15-minute matches. 
because this match was okay, especially with all the botches that we saw. <laughs> That's that what I'm saying. So like, you see, if he wrestles for too long, he's he's gonna botch at some point because it's just taking too many chances. Yeah, it's gonna do it. He's he, he'll do it a couple times in a shorter match. They gave him 30 minutes here. So I, yeah, I this know. match was. I know ECW had contracts, but how did RVD not get signed at this point by WCW or WWF? That always boggles my mind. I don't know. He was like he was, he was in Same WCW before, but it's like, dude, he's so yeah, he was good. Like a job he's guy, so man. damn good right now. Like, how's he not in one of those promotions? Yeah, his he was. I mean, he got to WWE eventually, obviously, and he had great years in WWE. But obviously, he was like at his athletic prime. In like 97, 98, 99. Yeah, like yeah. he was incredible. Uh, smooth and he could just jump from one side of the building to the next. Uh, like I said, he, like he said, he was the whole effing show. He really was. Like He really was. He watched ECW before Rob Van Dam. Like it was a gimmick, but he at was, the same time he didn't lie. <laughs> he wasn't a heel lying. Right. Like he was telling the truth. <laughs> and there's no... You know, you, you see why he was like kind of the featured guy from ECW when he went to WWE and like that invasion stuff. Once they kind of ended the invasion part of it, or I, I, even like I say, the, the one guy that was like true blue ECW that was featured the most was Rob Van Dam, yep. even during the invasion. Yep. Uh, and then once it was over, you see Rob Van Dam got the biggest push, and it, it, you know why? Because he was super talented, mm-hmm. he was super over. So. I guess the Dudley Boys are counting that. They were there before the invasion, though. But, mm, that's um, true. But, yeah, I mean, this match, it was it was long. They were multiple botches from Sabu. With the DDT spot through the table. That didn't work out too well. Um, fans booed that. And then they booed the finish because it was a 30-minute <laughs> time limit draw, which I did not expect. In a, it, yeah, it was a TV title match. So I guess there's time limits, but... I didn't expect that from ECW. No, there wasn't even a countdown. uh, To the best of my knowledge of what I remember, not really, but uh, I don't even think they mentioned, I don't think Joey Styles mentioned that they were like coming close to a time limit or anything or any of that. So when the bell rang, I was kind of like, what? (laughs) Maybe it was a Bill Alfonso thing. Maybe you got Jeff Jones in there to do the time limit thing so no one one had to lose. Maybe that's part of the story. It's just... But we weren't Very told abrupt. that at that time, Very which weird. is kind of weird. That you know, usually they beat you over the head with things that are even confusing, kind of make you understand something. But they didn't understand anything. All Joey Styles was doing was like, "Jeff Jones is in there." What? Like, yeah, that come on, dude. Jeff Jones. Come on, Joey. Like, tell me what the hell's going on here. <laughs> like, he just wasn't. <laughs> he- well, not his best night on commentary. What did he call? He kept calling him something. I can't remember what it was, but. What, uh, he's, he's, he's been on the take. Crooked. Yeah, yeah he's been on like the take said, for years. Yeah, he's been in Bill Alfonso's pocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, I don't remember any of that, but okay. <laughs> I remember when he was Judge Jeff Jones with us, Sid. That was funny. He wore the Judge robe and everything. <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous. Wasn't he Judge Jeff Jones by Heat Wave? Like, I'm pretty sure he was I might have been, judged yeah. by Heat Wave. I don't know. Heat Wave is, apparent, is widely... Uh, Critically acclaimed, I should say, as ECW's best pay-per-view ever. So we might have to do that. That's uh, we should. That. I, I don't think I've watched that from beginning to end. So pretty sure that's a show that had I think RVD and Sabu against Hayabusa and oh I can't remember. Oh. Uh, 
I don't even. That know. was a great show. Cause I remember doing that for um, Throwback Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, back in like I forget when I did it, but um, that was a dope show. Uh, let me see. Was, Made up for this because I think it was their next pay per view after this. Yeah, August second, ninety eight. Yeah, they had the Six Man Street Fight with Dreamer, Sandman, and Spike Dudley against the Dudley Boys. That was dope, from what I remember at least. Um, yeah, we gotta do that when August rolls around. Yeah. Uh, just incredible, Jerry Lynn, Candido, Storm. Finally, they had Masato Tanaka versus Mike Awesome, which was ridiculous. Oh, wow. I'm sure. Yeah. And yeah, Sabu and uh, RVD versus Hayabusa and Shinzaki, Jinsei Shinzaki, which I remember being crazy. Um, Taz and Bam Bam, and then the, the street, the six man was was the main event for some reason. I don't know why that was the main event, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think Shane Douglas was he was nursing his injuries by this point. Yeah, yeah, he so, didn't. Yeah, uh, I remember he get was back on, in the ring till like they, the fall. Yeah, he didn't come back to like November or something like that. November to remember, I think. Either way, uh, I think he was on commentary, or they interviewed him at some point yeah. during that show. Which is funny because he was on commentary to uh, the previous year for a little bit. So he, whenever he was injured, he just went to commentary. <laughs> it makes sense. He was a yeah. good talker. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we got this finish here. The fans wanted five more minutes. That didn't happen. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> thirty minute time limit. Draw. Well, why would you there want you five more minutes of that? <laughs> yeah, that. Like I, I like, remember that thinking back then how great that match was. Uh, because in my mind, every draw must be a great match. But watching it for I, for this podcast, it was not not good. I was not feeling it. No, it just was like oddly paced, mm-hmm. and it was just weird. Sabu, I'll tell you this, give it this much. Sabu would pretty much do anything. Like, yeah. he would just make stuff up and look like on the fly. Like, he would just, <laughs> it wasn't like he would, uh, you know, there was like planned spots that made sense. He was like just, RVD was standing like in the crowd next to the guardrail. He just springboarded onto yeah. him for some reason. I was just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It didn't even make sense. I'm pretty sure he hit his face in the guardrail. Yeah. Like, when he did that, it's just like, he would just do anything in there. Like, <laughs> I guess that's part of you know his gimmick. He was a suicidal, genocidal, homicidal, and all that. Sabu, uh, but he would just he would just whatever came to his mind. It looked like he would just do it. And it's crazy about now. <laughs> didn't he have a SummerSlam match against John Cena? <laughs> like at one oh, point? Yeah, that was <laughs> what well, that had to be 06, right when ECW came. Yeah, back. I was like, what? Why did they give him that opportunity? <laughs> like <laughs> Sabu and John Cena. Forget Sabu, forget John Cena RVD, which was a great you know match at that one night stand pay per view. We got John Cena versus Sabu at SummerSlam, right? Like what? I'm pretty sure that was a SummerSlam match. So wait, they had a lumberjack match too. What? Oh, it was Vengeance. They had a Vengeance match. They had more than one match, match apparently. Right. What extre- the hell was ex- this? Extreme lumberjack match at Night of Champions. Yeah, Vengeance. Yeah, that was yeah Night of Champions. Oh, that was the same one. Yeah, was, that's what it was oh. like. Vengeance Night of Champions. That's when they first started. Oh god, it, yeah, sure. I remember that. That stupid ass name. <laughs> Just leave it, Vengeance. Think, yeah. Night of Champions is a good name, but Vengeance is a good name too. Like, why the hell would you move Vengeance? Ugh. But yeah, yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> Uh, I think well, maybe it wasn't that one yet that year, but I don't I don't know. I'm pretty sure 
Well, it said That's at Vengeance. It, yeah. it was like a WWE.com story. It was like at Vengeance, but it was like Night of Champions logos everywhere. So their, their website yeah. is so like so confusing the way it's laid out and the way links are laid out. If you go to like a certain page, it's so confusing. I don't know who does or who runs WWE.com, but it's probably Kevin Dunn because <laughs> so damn confusing. Him. So damn confusing. Yeah, because he, he, this was after RVD won the title and then he got busted with, you know, marijuana. Yeah. And he had to drop it back to Cena. And so they had a match with Sabu for some reason. I think that's when they, I think that's when Sabu went away. Oh, Sabu yeah, and Big Show that. had a match at SummerSlam for the ECW title. <laughs> okay. John Cena had the match against Edge. That's right. Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't know why I thought they had a match at SummerSlam. It was Vengeance. Okay. That was the right Either way, that's pretty wild. So, yeah. That's pretty wild. Yeah. So. The, what I liked the most about this match at WrestlePalooza was mainly the storyline, I guess. Like, partners going against each other. And it was relatively new at the time with me. So I didn't hate it. And I thought the whole the promo before the match when Bill Alfonso backstage and putting the title up to the camera and then having one guy on one side and the other on the other, I thought that was yeah. funny. Like, I enjoyed that. But. Uh, that's what I like the most about that. Like the the match, nah, not a fan. Definitely yeah, overhyped that when I was a kid. Like I was like, oh, this is awesome because draws rule. But no, not at all. You expected more out of both of them. Yeah, but they made up for that heat wave. Yeah. When I remember, <laughs> the tag team match against, like I said, Hayabusa and Jinsei Shinzaki was dope. If I remember correctly. So yeah, I can't if we, we, when we do that. We will do that. I can't wait to watch that match again because I remember that being like, like, whoa, this is was was ahead of its time. Uh, this tag team match. So nice. Looking forward to that. Moving on. Uh, speaking of promos, like you mentioned with the Bill oh, Alfonso one, yeah. we now get a couple of promos <laughs> from Shane Douglas. Uh, we get a video package talking about his rise to the top of ECW, and of course we get talk about Al Snow's top rise. To the top of ECW and how he was pretty much the most over guy in the promotion with head, the mannequin head. Uh, we get Shane Douglas talking about how, you know, not cursing this time, but he's in the locker room cutting another promo. Al Snow cuts a promo talking about him and Shane Douglas started, you know, probably around the same time and how much he had, you know, worked so hard to get to this point. Now it's his time to, you know, be at the top, to be the guy on top of the business and be the world champion so after that we're like already shane douglas is already in the ring for some reason we didn't get a full entrance from him but we do get a full entrance from al snow who if you don't remember al snow and ecw at least at the tail end of his time at ecw he honestly was one of the probably the most if not the two or three most over people in the promotion like his entrance alone would get the people going bananas all right with that song that music that thumping like techno music, right? And then the, the the strobe lights, and they would have like thousands of mannequin heads in the audience, and people just bobbing them back and forth, and he's bobbing his head, and it gets in the ring and bounces back and forth. People were going crazy over there. It's like in a like a crazy adrenaline rush thing <laughs> type of going thing that going on for like two or three minutes while he was making his entrance, and the people were going crazy for that. Yeah, and they were behind Al Snow. You see on this show again. Thousands of mannequin heads in the audience. ECW pass him out. And his entrance is like an experience. It was like a rave. It was weird. Yeah. It was wild. Yeah. 
And it was yeah. kind of weird, too. You look, at, you look at a whole group of thousands of people with mannequin heads. Uh, but that, man, look, whatever works, man, people were into it. They would shoot him walking to the ring upside down and stuff yeah. like that. Like, I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. Uh, the way ECW produced it, and everything that went into it was pretty dope. So, yeah, Al Snow, big over. And because of that, he got a world title match on this show. Also because he, I think he pinned Shane Douglas at one point, right? He did, living dangerously, yeah. He pinned him with the snowplow. With the he snowplow. Was, he was Lance that Storm's wasn't... mystery partner. Right. And Shane Douglas was like, what are you going to give me? Because he was in like, the cabal clutch, Chris Candido, and Lance Storm was like, I'm going to give you head. And I was like, wait, 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 what? what? <laughs> but then he meant Al Snow. <laughs> he meant Al Snow. Phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna get you head. Oh, whoa, okay, that's not what I was <laughs> intending, but all right. <laughs> do I do that? I'm good though. You, you don't have to do that. This is <laughs> it's not that type of party. <gasps> all right. <laughs> <laughs> so this match. Uh, I don't really have much to speak of from this match, besides <laughs> the fact that the last like two minutes were kind of bizarre. I'd say, yeah. I mean, Shane Douglas was so limited in what he could really make look good. Uh, right. So the whole was up. match was, you know, not something I even back then as a fan, I was just kind of like, oh, are they faking? Like, it, I never really could tell if they were really injured because, you know, I didn't know the behind-the-scenes stuff at that point. Even, you know, having the internet at that point, like, I wasn't on it with, with wrestling that much yet. So, uh, but, yeah, looking back, like, definitely his injuries were legit and it affected this match. And uh, really the ending just, it just didn't make sense weird, to me. But, like, they didn't even pan, like you, I remember they were in the aisle way, like fighting, and then you see like all the wrestlers there, and I was like, what the hell is going on? And then Joey Styles right, finally what? says something like, but why are but they out like, here? <laughs> why? And then, <laughs> Shane Douglas counters a Sunset Flip from uh, Al counters a Sunset Flip. A botched one where he, he landed like five feet away from him, so Douglas had to like backtrack. <laughs> That could have been better, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but he countered it, pins out snow, fans are upset. Yeah, because so it was out of nowhere, too. You had the, the wrestlers that were out there were, like, surrounding the ring now, bagging the apron. And, right. Like, I, I thought, okay, so, things are going to get good, but then it just abruptly ended. Did this story call for the whole locker room to be out there? <laughs> no, because, like, no one gave a crap. Like... No, what it wasn't a, a match that was built like the greatest wrestling match ever. Like no, not every, not everybody had an opinion on it. Like we didn't. Oh like nobody had an opinion on it except right. And like interviewed the other stuff. wrestlers. Interviewed the other wrestlers. Like yeah, I can't wait to see this match. Right. This match has been months in the making. You know, what I'm saying the franchise versus Out Snow. Like this is big for ECW. Like nothing like that throughout the show at least. No. Um, so they're all out there. Like I said, Shane Douglas wins. Abruptly, and then the fans, because they're upset, instead of throwing trash in the ring, they just threw all the mannequin heads in the ring. <laughs> That's funny. It was like the weirdest looking wrestling riot of all time. Like yeah. instead of like the chairs or the trash, <laughs> yeah. 
mannequin heads <laughs> came <laughs> flying into the ring. And then amongst the mannequin heads, the wrestlers piled into the ring too. That was surrounding the ring. They get into the ring. And it's like, what, what's happening? I'm like, is everybody about to fight? Like, what's going on here? And then they hoisted both Douglas and Al Snow on their shoulders. <laughs> and had them shake hands in the air like, you know, hey, yeah, good match. It's like, wait a minute, man. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Will you stop? All right? Shane Douglas, I'm sure this is probably one of his last matches before he went away because he was hurt. Fair enough, he gets some respect on his way out. But why did they act like this was like the greatest match that's ever happened in wrestling? To, to the point that both men and all the wrestlers had this admiration for each other. Also, this is extreme championship wrestling. Like, that's not what this is about. What the hell was this ending, bro? I don't understand. I don't understand this at all. I What? No, I don't either. And it wasn't like... Oh yeah, you were my respect type thing. It was it was weird because the match how... was thirteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like it was like a thirty-five minute classic. You know what other matches were thirteen minutes? Pinfalls. Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe and TNA. Their first match was like thirteen some minutes, but that was high intensity at all times. That was a classic, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, it was not this. <laughs> It was not this at all. Which Why didn't they do that for Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe? Well, the hell did the hell the locker room come out and hoist them on their shoulders? Right. This was clunky. The ending was 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 bungled, and then we get this weird haphazard handshake, and, and you know while they're being hoisted up by wrestlers, I didn't understand that. Not at all. I I didn't understand it either. Too bad. Too, too bad it like went off the air like right away. I don't th- even think Joey Styles could like make it make sense. Like I said, he had an off night. I, I wasn't a fan of his commentary all night. Uh, you know, he could have easily helped the situation and just didn't. <laughs> he could have been like, "That's a sign of respect." Blah blah blah. Like, I, but why? I, exactly. Like he would have to come up with that. Like he would have to come up with that. I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, I, I couldn't tell it. you what would make sense at this point. I didn't get it. At least ECW made up for Heat Wave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> heat Wave was, a, from what I remember, a much more fun show to watch and look back on. Yeah. So we got to do that. And this one was your future. first viewing of Wrestlepalooza, right? From what I can, yeah, because I've watched Living Dangerously, um, but I feel like I have watched this show before. <sighs> Not uh, maybe I watched certain bits and pieces. I feel like I've watched Shane Douglas and Al Snow before, mm. and I feel like I watched a New Jack Bam Bam Bigelow match before. But mm. I know I didn't watch like the Candido Lance Storm tag team match, yeah, or the Rob Van Dam Sabu match, which was a disappointment in my my opinion. Um, definitely watched Living Dangerously though with Bam Bam and Taz. And I forget, damn, I can't remember what else was on that show, but that show was definitely in Asbury Park. Uh, do recall that? And um, yeah, it's just this, this show was weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. ECW has definitely had better shows. I've watched, I've seen better shows from ECW. This yeah. was uh, this was an odd one. And maybe I don't know. Like I said, they they built on some things that that we saw the blow off of at Heat Wave eventually. 
Uh, so maybe they were like still building things there, but when you only do like four or five pay-per-views a year, I don't know if there's time for like the bridge shows where you're still building the Landstorm Candido thing and which they blew off our heat wave and the Taz Bam Bam Bigelow match, which we got a heat wave and I don't know. It's just, it's just odd. So yeah. yeah, it's a very odd show. Agreed. It's just that energy and that adrenaline rush that you usually get from an ECW from a big ECW show. Oh yeah, not there. I at just all. didn't <laughs> feel it here. It's just the energy was just wasn't there, and I was suspecting it because I've seen, like I said, I've seen ECW shows in the past, and you mentioned it. The crowd wasn't that hot. There definitely been hotter crowds, like that one at Living Dangerously. That helps when you know Bam Bam is the hometown guy, but like. You know, obviously ECW arena crowds are, you know, super hot, but like just that energy just wasn't there. Just I don't know. Now if I had to give it a grade, I'd probably give it like a C minus <laughs> D plus, maybe. <laughs> this was not the best show <laughs> for us to have our first ECW deep dive on. <laughs> it was not. Luckily it goes up from here, so Yes. I mean, maybe even in the two thousand ECW two thousands, there were probably better shows. So, I guess they didn't have better talent. I know that. No. <laughs> you know, when you got Taz is gone, Dudley Boys are gone, yeah. now Snow is gone. I think Shane Douglas is back in WCW. Because mm. uh, he was he was with the the Radicals. He was before they yeah. left WCW. He was with yeah. those guys, and they yep. left him behind. <laughs> they left him <laughs> hanging. And like, see ya. Um, see ya, Dean. Right. <laughs> See a dynamic dude. Um My that is awesome. <laughs> they left him behind. But so Shane Douglas is gone. Who else was gone? Mike Awesome was gone. Like they didn't have him. Yeah. They, there's a lot of people that was just that wasn't there. Sam Man went at that point, so uh, hardcore well, he was hardcore hack. He went Bad Man went. Uh Mikey Whipwreck went to WCW. That yeah. was like crazy. Yeah. Terry Funk, <laughs> they were all gone. <laughs> yeah, Terry Funk was gone right, by this yeah. point. He's in WWF anyway, so he's Chainsaw that's Charlie. True. That's true. But still, all those, all the mainstays were gone. I think Spike Dudley was in WWE by this point, um, or, or maybe you just started. No, maybe in, in 2000, that's to say. That's not 98. 2000. Uh, man, all that. And they, they had Just Incredible. They had Rhino, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> Some other guys, I guess. I don't really remember. They had Rob Van Dam still. Uh, and, yeah. and Jerry Lynn. So, that was cool. But, yeah. Any final thoughts on um, Russapalooza in 1998? Yeah, man, as a 12-year-old as a fan, it was like a cool thing because it was ECW and a pay-per-view. And definitely when I watch it now, it does not hold up at all. So, uh, probably their worst show to, to date at the worst pay-per-view, I should say to date at this point. So, uh, I would very much look forward to doing any more deep dives on another ECW show that, cause they've yeah. all got to be better than this. <laughs> yeah. This was not, you know, like you said, not great. Uh, haven't seen every ECW pay-per-view, but this is probably the worst I've seen so far. We didn't even do <laughs> so. super shows because there were a lot of great super shows uh, back in the day before pay-per-view and even after uh, they started on pay-per-view. A lot of, I think CyberSlam 97 is one of my favorite super shows. Maybe we could do that at some point, but definitely had some great super shows going on. 
Yeah. With that said, let's wrap it up for episode 283 with some plugs, please, Nick. You can follow me at Nick Picone on Twitter. Follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Shooters Radio. Hopefully you can find this podcast at phillyvoice.com and phillyinfluencer.com. I've been slacking, so that's my fault. But as always, you can also find it on these platforms that Vaughn will tell you about. We are on... Well, you can find me at Twitter on Twitter at Vaughn M. Johnson. I'm there on Twitter. You can find my writing at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. You can't find the straight shooters there, but you can find my writing there. Um, you can find me out here in these streets sometimes, too, as well. Uh, you can find our work on Patreon.com slash Shooters Radio, where you can subscribe for the low and nominal fee of $2 to get some exclusive content and request our next deep dive. So we've done this before, we've fulfilled requests in the past, and if you send in a request, we also invite you on the show for a couple of minutes to give your thoughts on that uh, content, on that request that you asked us to fulfill. So you get a lot for that small amount of money that you're paying us, but we appreciate any amount of money that you give us and appreciate all your patronage out there and Patreon. Appreciate all of, appreciate all of you who follow us on all the platforms that we're on, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, all of them. So all over the podcast landscape where you can find us. We appreciate all your listens. Pandora. Pan, the people on Pandora, they listen to us heavy on Pandora. So we appreciate that as yeah. well. So, uh, so yeah, keep checking us out. We appreciate the love that you, that you give us. And we're going to be back again next week with some more great audio for you guys out there in internet land. But until next time... For Nick Pacone, I am Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode 283 of The Straight Shooters, and we'll catch y'all again next week. Peace. Listen to The Straight Shooters. This Donnie Wahlberg from WrestleMania <laughs> 10. And you listening to Vaughn Johnson and Nick Pacone at The Straight Shooters, y'all. <laughs>